Even a wooden coffin and six feet of earth can't hold back a story if it needs to be told. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. And we are joined by a very special guest today. Her name is Lori Juzak. Say hi. Hi. And Lori has worked on documenting and giving tours for ghosts in her hometown in Colorado. Tell us a little more about that. Well, I live in Fort Collins, Colorado now. And when we first moved here, there were no tours. And we wanted to take a tour and listen to the history. And finally, I said, well, we're going to start a tour. And everywhere I went to talk to the business owners and the building owners, they give me the history, which was wonderful, but then they'd look a little sheepish and say, and did you know it's haunted? And originally I went, oh, yeah, sure. And then after I'd heard it from 30 different places, I went, there's a pattern here, and there's something going on, and we started a ghost tour. And, man, did we have some fun learning about the hauntings. We wrote a book called Ghosts of Fort Collins and documented them, but there have been a lot of stories, a lot of things that have happened since, and we probably should update it. What's a good story that you have? Well, one of my favorite stories, there is an underground bunker in Old Town Fort Collins that was installed during the Cold War, but we found when we started going down there that there was definitely some kind of an entity down there. We did EVPs, and one of the very first EVPs we ever did, there was definitely a human voice, but we couldn't tell what he was saying. So we played it for every group that went down there, and we tried to get new EVPs. Finally, after three months of playing it for tours, a woman in the tour we were on one night said, I know what he's saying, and I know why you don't understand it. It had never occurred to us it might be in a different language. And he was speaking French, and if you speak French, it was very clear. He was saying, c'est pas ma fille, and that was, that's not my girl, or that's not my daughter. We're not really sure. In any case, that same gentleman who was down there would pull girls' hair. He would take a cold, clammy hand and grasp an ankle. This happened before we ever started doing the tours. We heard about this from all the staff at the ice cream shop above who used that as storage. And finally, one night we were down there. We had a tour of all women. It was a woman's club. And they were down there. One bent down to take a picture facing up through the spiral staircases. So she was kind of crouched in a fetal position, taking a picture, looking up. She tippled backwards and did kind of a half somersault. And everybody kind of laughed. But the most startling thing was we heard a man laughing, and there were no men down there. Oh, creepy. You mentioned during your story that you took an EVP down there. What is that? An EVP is an electronic voice phenomenon, and you record it on a regular recorder. We use a digital recorder. You can even use your phone if you want to. But what we do on the tours is we have everybody remain entirely silent, And we say we're going to take an EVP and see if anybody else is out there listening and wants to say something, meaning the spirits. And we remain entirely silent for, on the tours, about 30 seconds. People often do it for much longer. And then we play it back. And we never expected to get anything until we got the Frenchman. So what exactly is a ghost? You know, there are different theories about that, but there are four different types of ghosts. 
One is considered residual energy. For example, if you see an apparition walking down the same hallway at various times or walking down the same stairs or you hear footsteps on the same walkway all the time, the theory is is that it is residual energy left over from someone having done the same thing over and over and over again through their lives. And they've actually proved residual energy in a lab. They had a metronome go in a lab for over a year, and when they shut it off, they continued monitoring sound, electric signal, waves of air, that kind of thing. And for several minutes after they stopped the metronome, they had what was called residual energy. And that's what they think one type of haunting is. Second kind of haunting is an intelligent haunting, and that's the one that can interact with you in that the Frenchman underneath the bunker seems to be an intelligent haunting. They notice what's going on. They try to interact. They try to break through what I call is the veil to communicate with the people around them. The third kind is a poltergeist. And you've seen the movie Poltergeist, right? Of course. Well, it's nothing like that, actually. (laughs) I actually knew this. Poltergeists are pretty mischievous. They tend to only be around for between two weeks and two months. They don't last very long, but it's some swirling of energy, some entity that will knock books off of death and cause children to look like they're doing bad things. You know, they just cause all kinds of mischief, and then they go away. But they don't hurt people. There is one recording of of somebody being killed by a poltergeist, but it's a very dubious thing. You know, people don't really believe it was scientifically proven. And then the fourth kind of ghost that they list are demons, and I stay completely away from that. And yeah. I don't blame you for that one bit. So can dogs be ghosts and non-humanoid creatures? I think that that is a belief system, an opinion, but I've talked to so many people who have seen their beloved pet around their house hmm. after it's passed. And I've talked to so many people, and I actually think I've had one experience with that myself. But I don't know if they do come back. I believe that animals have the same souls and spirits as people. How does someone become an intelligent haunting ghost? I don't know. I expect, number one, you have to die. But, (laughs) you know, there is, in string theory, the theory of parallel universes. Maybe one is breaking through. I don't know. I know there is something going on. You know, we call them ghosts. If you had the choice to become a ghost, would you? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. (laughs) I would definitely go on the ghost tour and just scare the bejesus out of people and have a good time doing it. If I could be a guardian angel for my family members, I would definitely do that. And I do kind of believe in that because I really feel that people have passed on before me including my grandmother and my dear friend John, I have totally felt their presence around me at times, especially when I needed somebody. And I think that happened. So, yeah, I would become a ghost to do that. Hmm. So do you have a favorite famous ghost? I do, actually. In England, part of my family's from England. My mother's mother was from Great Britain. And there was a place called Worsthorn Old Hall in northern England near the Moors. But in that area, there's a very famous story about the striker. And the striker would walk the walls of that hall screaming at the top of her lungs just a shriek every night. 
and they tried to figure out if it was wind whistling through the halls or what it was, but still, this woman walking around screaming, you could just hear her. I love it. And that's the weird thing to me is a lot of the common ghosts, the famous ghosts, tend to be from the mid-1800s to the early 1900s. And it coincides with that time where spiritualism was very big in the world. Yes. And you wonder if that idea was pre-planted into people's minds that they could try to come back. What percentage of ghosts would you say that you encounter are friendly in some capacity? Almost all of them. I think that the spirits that I've encountered here and even in the home I grew up in, I feel that they're just coexisting with us, sharing space. The ones who reach out, probably every single one that I've had, not every single one, I shouldn't say that. I've had one experience with a door slamming frequently and trying to hurt me. But I would say 98% are friendly. So do you think the Frenchman is malicious or is he more like a prankster? He's a prankster. I love him. And, you know, (laughs) the interesting thing is when I walk down to that bunker, have you ever walked in your home and you know there's somebody home or there's nobody home? I get that feeling when I walk down there. I either know he's there or I know he's not. But he's just there having fun. He loves women. He doesn't do much to men. Although if they say this is all BS or they're being kind of all cocky about it, he'll do something like knock their hat off or poke (laughs) them, you know, whatever. And it's pretty funny. I like this ghost. Yeah. And, you know, I always feel safe down there. I never feel like somebody's going to hurt me. Do ghosts travel? I think they do. Huh. Yeah. So... What is your take on ghost hunting TV shows? Are they real? Are they fake? Are they a mixture? I have to confess I haven't watched a lot of them. But when I did, the thing that really cracked me up is they'll get this little tiny sound like it might be something, and they're like, whoa! And I think I've been hit with such blatant stuff on this tour that I'm going, okay, dude, talk to me when somebody actually talks to you, or talk to me when you actually see an apparition. Have you ever had somebody debunk one of your ghost stories with scientific proof? You know, we haven't, but we've tried to. We have consistently tried to debunk our own things. People say, oh, you're making it up. But we have consistently looked for science. And if you know my family, if you know my sons, you'll know I've got two scientists among them. You know, some things can be debunked, but most of the stuff that happened along the way could not be. Hmm. So... A lot of activity. I really believe that Old Town Fort Collins is some kind of hot spot. Hmm. I really don't know why. There is a theory that spiritual energy is held in by limestone and soapstone, and all of Fort Collins downtown is built on soapstone. These weird theories, how accurate they could be, I don't know. But I know there's activity down there, and I don't know what causes it. Hmm. You know, I went a whole long time in between childhood and this, not really running into any of this, and then in Old Town Fort Collins having it happen all the time. Well, I now have a new bucket list location to go. I need to go visit Fort Collins. Yes. Yes. It's a lot of fun for a lot of reasons. Would you mind if some of our listeners reached out to you with questions about ghosts? Yeah, email would be fine. Lori at juzakrealty.com. And we will post a link to that on the landing page, as well as your book, The Ghosts of Fort Collins? Yes. 
Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for talking about ghosts. I, I know I love this topic. Huge fan of ghosts, huge fan of hauntings. So while you go out there, write, include ghosts, have some fun with it, and always write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>